This week, I'm back on home turf, talking about football with a guest you wouldn't want to mess around with on the pitch. JJ Robler is a referee and a rising talent in the game. Though she's just five foot three, JJ has a presence on the pitch that's hard to ignore. She's also one of the few female Muslim referees in the country. But blazing the trail hasn't been easy. JJ's had to earn the respect of her players. The coach comes. I was like, going to be a referee today. And then he was like, hmm, are you sure? I was like, yeah, I'm sure. I'm wearing a referee kit. <laughs> Why would I wear a referee kit for fun? <laughs> <laughs> he called another guy, mm. and the other coach. He said, she's going to be the referee. And my sisters are on the side, yeah? They're like, good luck, JJ. Was they, was, they, was they worried for you? They were so worried. I'm so small. They're huge. The park is huge. Everything was just like, I swear, the guys, even though they looked so buzzled, mm. they let me do it. JJ tells me about Somalia, where it all began, and why she hopes the strides she's making today will impact a generation of girls to come. I'm Ian Wright, and from something else, this is Everyday People. Somalia has the second largest coastline. It's just summer all year round. Like, they have the most beautiful beaches ever. Do you know how now you, in the UK, is Monday to Friday you go to school? Right. In Somalia, you're off on a Friday and Saturday. So everyone would go and meet at the beach. That's literally the link up. And this was the only day my parents would actually be out with us. So they would drop us off to the beach and then they would find somewhere nice to sit down. And then we would play at least like good seven, eight hours. When you started playing football, did you have lots of people to play with? I know, the neighborhood, everyone knew each other. Right. Like some people might say it's like Brazil. The kids will come out, no shoes. Mm. We just make our own football. And then sometimes we even play with like massive vegetables. (laughs) (laughs) And then there was like times we played with um, potatoes and stuff. Somalia, there's no pavement. It's just like sand. You know, so it sounds like you're having a lot of fun. Yeah. How old would you have been around this time? Six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Yeah, that I left, kind of yeah, time. I left when I was ten years so old. So when what you're in Somalia, because obviously it sounded like it was going really well. You, you yeah, it was. To, so when, when did things start to kind of change? I was born in a war. Everyone in the area knew that there was war. Why would your parents speak about it, or did, yeah. did you guys speak about it? Like, my parents would be like, "Oh, by the way, today this this person died, or this person is in hospital outside the market. This explosion happened." Like. You would hear things, but you get used to it. Okay. Like, even though it's such a bad thing, you get used to it. And so it like, felt normal? It felt normal. Oh, gosh. Because you would hear it every other day. And you were, how old? Like seven, eight, nine? Yeah, then? really young. What were the kind of things that your your parents would say to you that you have to be wary of simply because of what may happen? Mostly I stayed in front of the house and the school was like five, six minutes walk. Right. Our parents would, would be like, okay, you guys are playing it. You guys are taking the ball. Please don't go too far. Don't go into that neighborhood. And then most of them, we w- wouldn't listen. I don't know, like as a, as a child, I never thought how, how dangerous it was. But I don't know, I was a risk taker maybe. When did you start to realize or your parents maybe start to realize that maybe it's time for you, for you to leave? Yeah. So um, the way it was happening... Because the war was getting so much, you would hear like, oh, this family got a visa, this family got a visa. People travelled to uh, America, Sweden, Italy. Everyone just went their own separate ways. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! 
Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. The violence in Somalia was getting worse. One day, JJ's dad brought the family together. He had news. So my dad was like, oh, you guys, they're not going to school today. In the evening, we're leaving. So you you were just going about your normal everyday business, yeah. but your dad had already put the, the plan in motion. The, the plan in motion. He thought some of us would even run away and be like, I don't want to go, I don't want to go. How did it work? Did you feel, did you know where you were going? He had everything planned. He had, he bought suitcases and everything. And then we're like, where, where are we going? And he was like, you guys are going to the UK. Like, you're, you're not you're not going out today. Him and my mum are like, just packing everything up. So how many people actually left that day? The whole of you lot? The whole, Eleven. Eleven of you? Eleven of us. Wow. And how was you feeling? Because all of a sudden, your your life is literally, it's turned upside down, hasn't it? It's just yeah. like, so you wake up in the morning and you know you're going somewhere. You don't know where you're going. You go to the airport. Yeah. Had you been on a plane before? Never. Like... Oh my gosh, we we jumped on the plane and then you could see this this lady like she's putting blankets on and we're like, what's happening? We're gonna sleep on the plane forever. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, this is crazy. And then you could see the clouds. Mm-hmm. Was your stomach? The, the did, stomach. Did was you like, felt, I was like, whoa, I feel uh, dizzy. What's it's happening? really strange because like the first time I I left the country, I was like 22. Yeah. I went to Qatar. Yeah. But like, um, I was I was so afraid. But then once you got into the clouds, yeah. it it was it was amazing. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. Yeah, it was so beautiful. We were like, wow. And then we could see Somalia from up up. Could see all the lights. And nine hours later, JJ was taking her first steps on UK soil. All of us we were just starstruck. We were just looking just around. Just looking. We're like, whoa! Can all these people be in one place? <sighs> and then this is the first time we're seeing like people from different countries. Yeah. Like I only saw Somali people in my whole life. And then I was like, whoa, these people What was exist. most fascinating what you saw when you when you first landed and saw people? I saw blonde people. <laughs> I swear. I was like, can hair colour be like that? I was and they were so blue eyes. We were like, wow, these people are beautiful. I've never seen anything like this. Mm. We were like freshies, freshies. Honestly. You know something? It's so you know it's really weird because <clears throat> while you're saying that, I can imagine you just looking around and looking at people. Yeah, and then my dad's like, don't stare. Don't stare. <laughs> don't stare. <laughs> The family settled in Wembley in North London, just a stone's throw away from Wembley Stadium. JJ and her brothers and sisters didn't speak a word of English, but they had something in common with the other kids. How did the football help you to kind of adapt and maybe, I don't know, communicate? Communicate with yeah. kids, didn't So in primary school, if you have a football, everyone wants to be your best yes. friend. I remember at the beginning, I was just like standing on the side mm-hmm. with my sisters. We were just waiting. We were like, how do we get on the pitch? What's happening? Like, do you want to make the first move? 
What's there to say? Like, yeah. Were the kids receptive? Did they want you to play? No one said you can't play, but mm. I remember they, them not inviting us because we were wearing long skirts. Right. We did not look like we were there to play football. I was like, I, I need a ball. But to get a ball from my parents, them giving me money to buy a ball, never, that was never <laughs> going to work. So I don't know, I just asked. I was like, please, can I get a ball? What are you going to do with the ball? I said, what do you do with the ball? They're like, oh, you're being smart. Okay. <laughs> I was like, please, I, I really want to take it to school. It will help me make friends. Yes. And they were like, okay. Uh, I was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Did they say that straight away? As soon as you said, yeah, it, it, it will make, make me... Make, yeah. You, yeah, but you genuinely meant that. I, I really wanted the ball. And they were like, oh, okay. And then we went, to, took it to school. And they're like, come. I was like, no problem, let's go. And so then... What about the actual, the language? They thought that I was deaf. I'm <laughs> nodding like really hard. I was like, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, I want to play. And they're like, come, like bring that and up. And you had no, uh, no, no English words? No English words. Wow. Do you know in football, you repeat the words yes. a lot. Yeah. So like, pass, 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 pass. I was like, pass, pass, pass. <laughs> <laughs> and then they're like, shoot. I was like, shoot. <laughs> Just repeating everything the kids are saying. And then it started to make sense. So football was teaching you football. how to speak. And, and was your, your siblings, your, bro your sister, everybody, Everyone's was it the there. same? My brothers, was, it was so easy for my brothers. But me and my sisters, because we were wearing skirts yes. and we were just no English, we're just quiet. We're, all we were doing is staring at the kids. Mm -hmm. We were like, hmm. Growing up in Wembley had its perks, like school trips to the famous stadium. It was the Euros and all the kids were invited to see England play at home. The school's like, guys, get ready, bring your England kit. We had England kit. Right. I don't even know how that got in the house, but we had England kit. It was the best feeling ever. My dad was like, wear your jackets and make sure you behave in the stadium. We had pack lunches. It was like a, one of the best trips. First time I, I went to Wembley is when I played there for Crystal Palace. I never even went to watch England games. And so, and that was what, 1990, I think it would have been. And even the night before, mm -hmm. before I went there, because we had to go when it was empty because we were playing the final. Yeah. But then when we went there, when the fans were in there, you, oh my God, I literally... Felt my, yeah, I was, you know when you're, I don't know if you've ever had the feeling where you're, you're not in control of how you're feeling, what your body was feeling. That's how I felt when I first saw Wembley. Can you remember how you felt when you walked up and saw the green grass? Everyone was like talking, like, oh my gosh, Wembley Stadium. Oh my gosh. The kids are like giggling. Oh. And then I was like, oh my gosh, like, we're going to go into this place. And it looked so small from far. Right. The closer we got, it got bigger, bigger, right. bigger, bigger. We were like, this feels like a spaceship. <laughs> this is crazy. This is massive. And then we went up the little stairs. The stadium was so full. Wow. You hear the cheer, like you're vibrating. Your whole yeah. body's vibrating. And then had butterflies. I was like, wow, everyone's here. <laughs> it's beautiful. I think that was my first time ever seeing players, players. Mm, the written flesh. Flesh. We were like, these are the stars in England. Mm. These are the main guys. Like, oh, wow. Because, you know, in Somalia, there's no national team. Mm. And then you can't... I don't remember ever going to the stadium. Never. Right. Never. There's, they don't have a women's team. And I was like, I want, I want to play for the ladies' team. Yes. JJ dreamt of representing England on the world stage and started to work on her skills. I remember mornings, uh, we played early in the mornings, and then break time we played football, and then lunchtime, and then after school. What position did you play? Centre mid. Centre mid. What footed are you? Left or right footed? Left footed. Left footed. You know why I know you're left footed? Because just now when you was doing your stuff, you kind of kicked out with your left foot. <laughs> Literally. What was your, what's your main strength? Did you very skillful, nice left foot? 
very, oh, oh, I was very skillful and very fast. Who was you looking at in respects of heroes and people that you could look up to? And We had professionals, England mm. lionesses. Yeah. They, they would come to our school and train us. Rachel Yankee. Rachel, man. Even this day, she was like, mm, I remember you asking a lot of questions. Yes. I said to her, are girls allowed to play football? And then she was like, yeah, girls can be coaches, girls can do a lot of things. And I was like, I want to play football for her. Like, I want to join the lionesses. Yeah. She's like, yeah, if you work hard, you can do it. And all those hours on the pitch seemed to pay off when JJ was invited to Queen's Park Rangers to try out for the ladies' team. But first, she had to convince her parents. I brought them a letter to say, QPR want me to do a trial of the ladies' team. Yeah. I was over the moon. You don't understand how happy I, I was. I was like, I can play for a ladies' team in this country. Let me go home quickly. I don't think I even I stayed after school. JJ wanted to play football more than anything. But there was one person she couldn't risk telling. I was not having this conversation with my dad. I was like, Mom, I really need you. I'm going to show you this letter and I want you to sign it and I want you to take me to the, to the trials. Mm. She's like, what? Trials? What's that? And I was like, this is where you, the coaches, they see you play and if they like you, they take you. Mm. Please, it's my only chance. Please, Mom. She was like, you are out of your mind. I know you play football, but I don't want you taking it serious, serious. Wow. Stick to school, stick to this, stick to that. And I won't tell anything to your dad. And let's just get rid of this paper. That was it. I, I don't think I ever like imagined myself playing again. So you didn't get to go to the I trial? I didn't go. Oh, no. Because that involved my mom taking me there. My mom was like, there's no way oh, I'm no. taking you to football voluntarily. How did you feel? I was crying. Like she, she threw the paper away. She was like, I'm not signing it. Oh, gosh. What were they afraid of for you to be playing football? What, what's the, what was wrong with you playing football? Mm. Like girls like from Somali background, like Muslim girls in general, parents, they have this idea that it's, it's embarrassing if guys see you running around, you should be, you know, modest, you should, you know, look after yourself, you should be elegant, you have to be ladylike, like stuff like that. Like I started saying things like, but football is good for your fitness, football is good for your health and everything. And they were like, yeah, Run around in the garden. That's not good for your fitness. So and what if you wanted you. to play netball? Netball, no chance, no sports. No sports. Nothing. You're, you're out of your mind to be playing for sports. And then I was like, that does not make sense. Like, mm. people in this country are playing sports. Okay, maybe in Somalia, maybe a little bit strict. But here, like, why can I not be part of it? How did you get around that? What did you do so as you could actually get to play? Because it sounds like they're very serious. I signed my diary, you know, I had to sign my own diary. I asked the head teacher if she can set up a girls team for the mm -hmm. school so we can play other schools. And then that involved us leaving after school. And then we'll come home at seven something. What did you tell your parents where you was going? I signed my, my own um, diary. You signed it? I had to. It had to be done. What does that I, mean? Because to, I, I couldn't be, be able to play for the school otherwise. So you you done you you done a, you done a forgery? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I swear. I, I was you like, scared about doing? Was you scared about being found out about doing that? Yeah. Fraud? What would have happened if they found if they found out that you done that? Because you, 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 your parents seem very strict. They're very strict. Like. They would, they would say something like, oh, you won't be able to go play in the garden. Our, our garden sessions were serious. Right. Like, we had our own little rivalry. Mm -hmm. And they were like, that's it. Just because of you, JJ, now no one's going to play in the garden. No TV. And just anything that you like, it's not going to happen. We're going to be on your back. So you better behave yourself. And you've still done it? Yeah. You still signed it? Yeah. What did your brothers and sisters think about it? They you? were on it. They all signed it with me. Everyone, everyone <laughs> signing their own things. 
So wait a minute. So I'm getting the picture I'm getting is as strict as your parents were. Yeah. I wouldn't say that you like because you're not naughty bad kids. No, right? we were just so desperate for football. Yes. And everyone was like, why is this wrong? Like, why are the boys doing their own thing? Like, they can go and go join running clubs, yeah. do everything. And I was like, oh, that's not fair. JJ continued practicing in secret, but playing football meant going against her parents. It all got too much. She decided to quit. Back in a moment. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. You may have heard of the podcast Juicy Scoop. Wondered what it is? Why aren't you listening? Well, I'm its host. Created it, been doing it for seven years. I'm Heather McDonald of Juicy Scoop with Heather McDonald. Now, I could tell you why you should be listening to my show, but my listeners wanted to write the ad for me, and here are some of the things they said. Not your regular Juicy podcast. Catch up on all the juicy topics from Hollywood and pop culture to true crime and beyond. Heather McDonald's Juicy Scoop always has great guests, great laughs, and great gossip. It's a comedian's take on the hottest headlines. Juicy Scoop is the pop culture news you want to hear. No BS, no filter, no filler. Raw, real, and in the moment. Throw in the hilarity of amazing comedians that you'll instantly be obsessed with, a juicy crime story, and a dash of normal life in L.A. moments, and you've got yourself an amazing week of Juicy Scoop. Two episodes every week, every Tuesday and Thursday. It will never let you down. Yeah, 11 was the last time I actually accepted what my parents were saying. I was like, I can't fight anymore. Oh, no. Like, I want to come home and actually have a good day. I don't want to come home late. I don't want to do this anymore because it was affecting our relationship. JJ had chosen her parents over football, but still hoped there was a way she could stay close to the game. I got in contact with um, one lady from Middlesex FA, explained to her my whole situation. I said, my parents and this and everything. What can I do? She was like, you can become a coach, JJ. I run home. Can I become a coach? Is that okay? Is that good enough? It doesn't involve running. It doesn't. And then my mom was like, much better. Let me tell you that. Right. She wants to become a coach. She's like, why didn't you think of that all this time? <laughs> <laughs> why would the coach, being a coach and being amongst it, be different from actually playing? Because it doesn't involve a lot of running. You're, you know, reserved. You are on the side. This just had problem with running. I'm like, what? Is, that is not good enough reason, mom mm. and dad. So what happens with the coaching? So the coaching was like, I've done my level one. Mm -hmm. I was literally the only girl there. And then I did my level two. Mm -hmm. And at this stage, I had this coach hat on. I was like, I'm a coach. I started volunteering for this charity called Football Beyond Borders. And then they were like, oh, we have a ladies team that we're about to set up. Can, can you be their coach? I was like, of course, I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> what did you say? Of Couldn't, course, I'm ready. Of course, I could never be any more ready than this. And I got a level two, hello. She'd been waiting her whole life for this. The first day, everyone was early. I started getting the girls together. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look after you guys. I'm going to be a coach. I'm Coach JJ. And they're like, they're huge. Right. These girls are tall, very tall. 
How many people were there? I think there was like 14 of them. See, that's it's funny because like I'm petrified. As soon as I start seeing the numbers rise, <laughs> yeah. JJ, I was I just get afraid. I, that's why I never coached. Yeah. I never coached. It's not for me. Did you love that kind of scenario? The more people, the better for you? No, honestly, the only thing that was so good about it was football. Mm. Like if I'm in a room with a lot of people like doing like lectures, yeah. get, I get, hmm, I get yeah. scared. But it was football. I could see grass. I was like... This is nice. This is so tell me now about how the refereeing came about. Because that's, for me, JJ, if there was anything in football mm. I wouldn't want to do, mm. it would have been the refereeing. It's such a tough job. How did you get in? And why, why, did, why, why do you love it so much? So at this stage, I'm still coaching. Mm -hmm. I want to become a better coach. I spoke to the lady, I got the same lady that got me involved in coaching. She was like, um, come, I'll take you to this girls league. Amazing coaches there, JJ. Just shadow them, learn from them, ask them as many questions as you want. You can go to different pitches any time. I'm just doing my own thing. It's Saturday morning, walking around, just introducing myself to people. One of the days I'm sitting on the desk, I'm mm. registering the kids um, to, you know, the parents. Mm. And then the lady comes running, JJ no referee today that pitch there's no referee and the girls are going to get changed and they're ready to play please JJ take all this equipment here's the whistle take this jacket just please help out please JJ did you know anything about refereeing? honestly nothing I said how do you what makes you think I'm going to be a, a good referee? imagine these kids laugh at me come mm. on don't put me in that position mm. and then she was like JJ you're crazy about football you like football you know most of the rules and then they're only little kids anyways, JJ. Yes. So you'd be fine. Go, 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 go. And then I started walking on and I see so many parents staring at me. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, hi guys, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna help you out. And they were like, no, thank you so much. And I was like, guys, I've you guys must have watched a lot of referees. So please help me if I need help. Yes. And don't shower me because this is my first day. Her presence was immediately noticed on the pitch. They were so nice. The little girls are like, oh, it's so nice to see a girl referee. And the moms are like, so nice. They're like, you go with JJ, well done. And then one match finishes mm. and the parents are like, well, you did really well. She's like, do you play football yourself? I was like, yeah, I, I used to play. So you, you, you referee the children and it's yeah. really good. When you leave, yeah. do you say, right, I, I really like that. I like being on the pitch and everything. I'm going to go and study more about referees. No, it wasn't like that. Right. I'll come in week in, week out for nearly a year and a half. And then I started to say, I like refereeing. Right. What do I do to the lady? And then she was like, there's a refereeing course. You can join in. I went to the refereeing course. Again, I'm the only girl. But the tutor was so good. Let's listen to a clip from Alan, your mentor. Alan Hill. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> JJ rang me up. I've been involved with the FA Women's Premier League since the 90s. She's very keen. Very keen to improve. Very keen on being the best referee she can be. She has this confidence that she can make it. It's funny because I could I could feel that with you. I could I could feel your your confidence and your energy. What did you, what did you love about it most? The fact that I was back on the pitch again, mm -hmm. and even though I wasn't playing at the beginning, like with adults, it's so hard because they're playing really good football. Yes, and I want to be part of it. I was like. Can I get a touch with the ball? <laughs> <laughs> like here and there, I touched it by accident, like accidentally on purpose. But, um, 
It, it was nice. When did you decide that that was it now? I'm good. That's what I want to do. I want to be a referee. Remember I said at the beginning, I was only speaking to my mum. Mm. And then now that it's serious and I want to start having a serious conversation with my dad about football, I went to him. I said to him, okay, you, you stopped me from playing football. Mm-hmm. I respected your decision. I went into coaching. And now I'm a big girl. You need to understand that when someone likes something so much and it's a positive thing, you encourage them. Mm. And then he's like, hmm. he's like, you're right, JJ. He's like, you're the only one like of all the kids like who's still playing football. And then he was like, okay, what does refereeing involve? I was like, you're on the pitch. You're looking after a lot of players. You don't understand. I'm learning a lot of life skills. Like not to get angry when I make a decision and it's a wrong decision. I have to quickly move on. Like mm. I'm controlling the players mm. and timekeeping, just the way I present myself to to players. And so many skills. When you said it like this to your dad in that way, how did he take it? Was, was Honestly, it... it was the best yes I've ever heard. Oh, because nice. he was like, okay, like, honestly, go for it. And he said, if you need help, let me know. Oh, and so then, nice. I know he was so nice. With her dad's blessing, JJ pursued refereeing seriously. And before long, she was signed up to ref her first men's game. Okay, my sisters are with me. The pitch is full with so many different, like, it's, so many games are happening around. Mm. I was like, whoa, stop, stop. Okay, I know what colours are pl- they're playing with, but how many reds and how many blues? <laughs> this is too many. <laughs> the, the park was full of players. And then we found them eventually. The coach comes. They could see us walking from distance. I was like, do you know who I am? And he's like, no. I was like, I'm going to be a referee today. And then he was like, hmm, are you sure? I was like, yeah, I'm sure. Mm. I'm wearing a referee kit. <laughs> Why would I wear a referee kit for fun? <laughs> he called another guy, mm. and the other coach. He said, she's going to be the referee. And my sisters are on the side, yeah? They're like, good luck, JJ. Was they, was, they, was they worried for you? They were so worried. I'm oh, so gosh. small. They're huge. The park is huge. Everything was just like, I swear, the guys, even though they looked so buzzled, mm. they let me do it. So how do you get that respect? Especially when you get there, you get there, like you mentioned us, you're five foot three, they're all giants and everything. <laughs> and then they see that you're the referee. Yeah. Um, what do you do? How do you get them to realise that respect is due to me? I would say, as players, every human being deserves respect. Mm. But when it comes to football, it's all about what do you have? So if you're a very good player, they will respect you. If you're mm-hmm. a very good referee, they will respect you. So. I was just so lucky everything fell into place. A player would come to me, tap my shoulder. Referee, honestly, you are doing very well. Mm. That boosted my confidence. It became so excited. I was like, I really want to, I want to continue. You're one of the few, like, women, like, um, Muslim, mm-hmm. um, everything that comes with it, the women, the gender, religion. I kind of picture you going into the scenario of the pitch with those guys, Sunday morning players and the... And how do you feel going in there kind of as a trailblazer, JJ? Because every time you go, I'm sure that every time you go and they look around and see you're the referee, there's some form of Definitely. reaction. These players, they've never seen me before. They've never seen anyone like me before. So the more you see someone, the more you get used to it. I remember I went to one talk one time, like one lady she was talking. One thing I took away from that was if you feel like I'm not allowed to play because I'm Muslim. I'm not allowed to play because I'm black. I'm not allowed to play. You put all this responsibility in your head, you will never do well. She was like, JJ, 
You love the game and you're enjoying the game. Let people do their own thinking. You, it's nothing to do with you. That's the best of our advice, mm-hmm. honestly. And I think the more people are educated, the better. When I played that level of football, Sunday morning football, Saturday morning football, I was hard yeah. to deal with. Mm-hmm. And the referees used to always call me over. Do you call people over? All the time. What's the, what, kind of, what kind of things do you say? So... I, 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 and you're so small you're looking up to I'm so small do you know how long it takes them to come to me I'm like excuse me number nine can you come here please and they look around I'm like yeah the short lady just called you you better did, come did you say that <laughs> no I'm saying that in my yeah. head I'm like you better come because that wouldn't that... be a bad thing to say to them because it kind of like defuses them yeah I'm like uh, yeah I'm like can you come here how many times do I have to say come like I might be short but I, I'm actually an adult the next one comes. Hello, come here. What just happened? You're on a yellow card. You have to behave, you know? Nice one, JJ. Yeah. I said, I was like, you have to behave. Your, your team needs you. Like, mm. you guys are winning, but anything can happen. Ten men, that's not good. Come on, behave. Just picturing the scenario of you on the pitch and having to, to, to send someone off. Are you feeling apprehensive? Are you feeling... Because you know people are instantly mm-hmm. just so... They're raging when they're red card. How do, you, how do you send them off? When do you send them off? When they know they have to go? Honestly. Mm. My cards are my only power. Like, if I speak to a player mm. two or three times and they're still not changing, mm-hmm. call the captain, still, mm-hmm. I'm very nice. Like, I have so much tolerance. It's unbelievable. Like, I don't rush into my cards. Mm-hmm. But as soon as I give it, I'm like, get off the pitch. No more. That's it. Like, they've used all their chances. Get off my pitch. Goodbye. Have a good and day. And do, do, you, do you get any kind of, like, do you get negative? Do, are they, yeah. do they say nasty stuff? Nasty stuff. Oh, my gosh. And it's just like, okay, I make a decision. They don't agree with it. Oh, you're a woman. This is why women should not be refereeing. Mm. I'm like, excuse me, come here. I have all this time to talk. Because you know what? You just said so much mm-hmm. rubbish. I made one mistake, okay? And you're trying to generalize it for all women. Is everything okay in your head? That's not acceptable. Judge me as a referee. Mm. Don't talk about women. You have serious problems, young man, okay? Mm. Ref, you, you don't know what you do it. How many goals have you missed? You're not even all- <laughs> I'm like, you're not even all that. I swear to God, I'm a human being. There's no perfect referee. I'm trying my best here and that's all I can give. What is the end goal for you being a referee? Do you want a referee at Premier League or league level or as high as you can go? As high as I can go. I want to be on the line for the women's WSL. Like, I want to jump on WSL as soon as I can. Like, honestly, it's hard work. But, um, yeah, I just want to do it. You want to get on that? Having a chance at refereeing will feel like I did not miss out a lot on right, playing because right. I will meet like great people in the in the future. I will, you know, go to different places, different countries. I have done that like for a bit. Like I've done, I went to four countries to referee. I'm like, I'm so glad I stuck to like football. I think I might have a friend. I might be able to link you up. Yeah. You, you, you want to? You want to see if I can give you a hookup? Please, honestly, like, okay, I, I believe in hard work and everything, yes. but I swear, I, I, I'm working so hard, and I just want someone to say, "This is exactly what you have to do. This is exactly what you have to do," and you'll get there. Yes. Like, on like proper guidance. Nice man, nice one. So, in in respect of your highlight, your career highlights up to this point, what are you most happy with up to this point? Because you, you've done quite a lot in respects of from Somalia to now, you've yeah. done a lot. Mm, I would say the proudest moment I w- is when I set up a girls team in my area. And these girls are like 
I can see myself in them. Yes. That's the proudest thing because these girls, they're learning from me and then they all know my story and they know how much I'm passionate about football. And it's just it's so nice seeing them growing up, like playing football. Let's hear a clip from Manira. Manira. <laughs> <laughs> I found out about the training sessions from a friend. She told me that JJ was holding Sunday lessons for football for the girls in the community. We would go there and JJ would show us tricks, give us advice. She's always motivating us, encouraging us. JJ's story inspires us all. It just shows us that even though you're a girl, you can still play football and do the same stuff a boy does and not let other people put you down just because you're a girl. Wow. Why are you so passionate like that, JJ? Look like you're getting ready to cry. <laughs> I know. You are doing amazing stuff, JJ. It's happy to <laughs> You know? It's good to hear. No, because you're blazing. And this is why you say, yeah, I'm just doing it because of this. But you are blazing. And you can hear it there from Manira. What's it like when you hear Manira say that? It's good because I never had that. It makes me happy. And does Manira play? She's one of the good players. She's one of the good players? Yeah. Manira is decent. What, honestly, what position does she play? She's a striker. Oh, my gosh. Has she scored loads of goals? Honestly, she's really, really good. And she's got support from her family and everybody? Everybody. Honestly, this generation parents are so much better. Right. Like, they are encouraging their kids to play football. And I keep reminding the girls, like, you guys, I never had anyone dropping me off to training. Never. That never worked. Yes. So now you have your parents dropping you off. Because she's obviously, she's going to get the opportunity to play and yeah. you are now in the position where you're going to be able to help her and her par- and, your, and the parents are backing her as well. Is that one of the, would you say that's one of the that's, proudest? That's literally the accomplishment. That that's is it. literally the proudest moment ever. If you like what you've heard so far and think you've got an amazing story to tell, I'd love to hear from you. Get in touch at everydaypeople at somethingelse.com. That's everydaypeople at somethingelse.com without the G. Everyday People is a Something Else production hosted by me, Ian Wright, produced by Jade Scott. Our assistant producer is Grace Laker. Our executive producer is Ollie Wilson. Sound and mix engineer is Josh Gibbs. And thanks to Chris Skinner and Steve Ackerman.